She'll be riding six Hopefully five horses my when she comes. Mike's okay. She'll be riding six five horses when she comes. What does that even mean? She'll be riding six white horses. Six white or six five? I don't know. It's weird. Welcome to Go Additive, where your hosts combine their real-world professional 3D printing experience to deliver valuable opinions that will help you peer behind the curtain of the additive industry. And now, Go Engineer's own Tyler Reed and Tate Brown. At this point, we can say we're back every episode. We're back. We're back. There you go, buddy. We have not been on summer break. No, we've not been on summer break, but you might think that we have for all the fun that we've been having. Why'd you turn your microphone away from you? <laughs> it's... You're pointing it at your chest. I don't like it. <laughs> it. When it goes like this, it slips down. Oh, yeah. Maybe I should just have it straight up. Just hold it next to your mouth. <laughs> no, I will not. That's um, okay. Microphones actually aren't important for podcasts. Yeah. Sound quality doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Especially now that we're on video. Video's so good. We didn't do video last, last episode, Although, though. Hey, we sorry. Did, we yeah. did an episode without you. Yeah, we did an episode without you. We're sorry. Yeah. Weird. We hated it. Oopsies. <clears throat> Yeah, we really, it was really tough on us. Yeah. Um, but we're happy to be back. You probably notice something Ta-da! here that's yeah. quite spectacular. Yeah. Well, everyone uh, take that in. Look at that. Have a look Specially at it. built for the Go Additive podcast. So I will do use my words to describe this thing oh, that yeah. we are all gazing upon right now. Okay. Those of us who are enjoying this Let's podcast on youtube i'd love to hear what words you use what we have is a delicate piece of artisan wall treatment delivered by yours truly the Mwah. tyler reed mm-hmm. um handcrafted handcrafted what it is is <laughs> it's a lot of plywood that's been <laughs> stained beautifully and layered in such a way that it creates a nice cascading light backdrop. Yeah, I'm sure you perfectly described it to all of our I'm audio not good listeners. At that. I'm not good at that. And it has the Go Engineer logo right dead center. Yeah. I think this is one, if you're an audio only listener, you're gonna have to tune into the to the YouTube. Which this is gonna be episode fifty seven? Fifty six. Is our audio our audio only episode was what? I don't even remember. 55. Was it? Sure. Okay, so sure. 50, episode 56 will be the debut of our new backdrop for the pod. It's got electricity running through it, and it shines some lights. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't start on fire. Yeah, it uh, is not code compliant. compliant, but how could you possibly make it code compliant and be this beautiful? <laughs> that, <laughs> you don't even need that last phrase just how can you make this code <laughs> compliant not and this beautiful just yeah. <clears throat> but it is it is beautiful i think you did a really great job and i love the fact that your fence is at home unfinished but you worked your tail off to yeah. get this done on a deadline because we had an internal yeah. video project there is a deadline and uh actually so a week after i built this i saw the rock 
post something on Facebook, and he's like, I, Dwayne, Mr. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, my he, idol in he many bass ways. fishes, you know? Does he? Yeah. You know, he does everything, He man. catches a whopper every now and I again. He only he only catches big mouth Billy Bass. Definitely. <laughs> I think he actually raises them. I think he's got a pond, um, and he raises his own bass. That's kind of cheating. Tell that to The Rock. Anyway, <laughs> okay. sorry so I interrupted. He posted, and he's like, I was up 28 hours, a new record for me. And I was like, what? I've beaten the rock at something. What's your... Uh, Poor time management. What's your stay up record? Well, I beat it with this. I was up for like 44 hours. What? Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Why Lab- do you do Labor that? Day. Why do you do that? I. It's part of my process. What, what process is that? <laughs> the, the get stuff done at the very last minute process. <laughs> it's, it, it turns me manic. Like it gives me energy to yeah. have a in, like a impending deadline. That's that impossible. If that if I don't meet, it's just like humiliating. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, just character crushing. And so I'll time it perfectly to where I can use every last minute. Yeah. You know, for this. So I worked on it like all day and then all night and I loaded up into the truck right at the time where I loaded up in the truck then I hopped in the shower and came to work worked installed it that night came home finally went to bed I was up for 44 hours well I appreciate it I appreciate it I only mentioned that because I beat the rock well I would have offered to hell the rock (laughs) has never worked as hard as I worked on that oh please (laughs) I I honestly didn't know you were actually doing it you probably didn't tell me on purpose. You didn't know? I thought you were in the meeting. Oh, that, where everyone I was, was like, okay, well, who's going to do it? And it's like, well, obviously Tyler's going to do it. I was in that, that meeting, but some time's elapsed since then. And, you know, yeah. we've had meetings like that before and where things didn't happen. There are some times where it's like, obviously Tyler's going to do it. And then Tyler doesn't do it. Right. That does happen. <laughs> so <laughs> that does happen. But it happened. We're yeah. all happy for it. Sorry to take so much time. Yeah, the pod's better for it, but um, tune in to see it. And then we get, we still got to figure out this mess because the pod's moving up. You know, we've got more and more print heads are coming out of the woodwork saying, give us juicy filaments. <laughs> that is what people say. <laughs> you can't even fake it. You're not even going to, you're not even going to try. No, for real. That's what okay. people have said to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When's, when's the newest flavor coming out? Oh, well, let me tell you. Okay. Um, This episode is brought to you by Juicy Filaments. And I have a quick ad to read, if you're ready. Hey, print heads. Now that the seasons have changed, we'd like to talk to you about fall filament awareness. Even though our name is Juicy Filaments, we take vast amounts of pride in our material manufacturing process. Unlike so many other filament companies, we at Juicy Filaments will never wet end our materials, keeping every spool of material devoid of moisture, yet true to our namesake, Juicy. Please join Juicy Filaments this fall and boycott any filament manufacturer using wet ending in their spooling process. Call or email anyone you're purchasing filaments from and ask them if they're using wet ending. Wet ending? What the? <laughs> Juicy Filaments. You're going to like the way you print. <laughs> wet ending. Can we? Did you like my background music there? That was good. Yeah. Yeah, I think that added that added to it. Fall filament awareness. Uh, it's very serious. Hmm. 
Yeah, it's a wet ending. It's messed up. It's a messed up process. I can't believe that people still get away with I it. I can't stand it. I, You're so good at this. You're so good at it. It's a talent. Uh, and I'm glad that you all on YouTube can see one of Tyler's talents live. He's staying serious right now. Ah, it's as cool as a cucumber. Yeah. Anyway, um, I do have a YouTube of the day that I want to oh, get through okay. real fast. Okay. And then you're we'll starting get with in. all the fun stuff. I like well, this. Do you, should I save it? No. This one's it. pretty fun. Okay. I watched this one yesterday and I really liked it. Okay. Mark Robler. We've oh, talked yeah. about him before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came out with a new video and it, it got me. Not only did it get me, I wasn't disappointed at all. Can I Here guess Here was the it? title. Guess it. Is it the arcade game? Yes. The arcade game the one. one. I did watch that one. It's so good. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Okay, so the name of this video is called Beating Five Scam Arcade Games with Science. Okay. I have to compliment Mark on two things, the quality of his production and his advertisements. He's another one of those engineer types that knows how to nail advertisements. Like, yeah. he can... They're very organic. They're exciting. You want to like YouTubers are getting collectively are getting much better. Some are still so bad though. My goodness, so bad. Um, but anyway, he he actually three um, D prints a couple. I think almost all of his little concoctions that he comes up with. Basically, he puts these contraptions in backpacks, and um, he must have a yeah. backpack deal because <laughs> yeah. they're all the same backpack. <laughs> But he puts these contraptions, these five different contraptions in backpacks, um, and he 3D prints and creates these things with Arduinos yeah, that to basically... the arcade games. Yes. And he also uncovered that some arcade games are complete scams. Totally. I like the ski ball thing, though. Yeah, the ski ball thing, but I also like the ball dropper. That's one of my favorite arcade games. Have you played that one yet? Which one was the ball dropper? It's the red ping pong balls and... There's a circular tray that comes oh, around with cups, yeah, and you've got game. to drop four of them in each cup. I had never even seen that game. Oh, it's the best. I haven't You'll been into it. an arcade in, like, a long time. I've been a Only couple times. Only to play times. DDR. <laughs> if, I, if I walk past a window oh, and I yeah, see a DDR that, game, huh? I'm like, I'm there. You're the kid with the towel that's, like, wiping down At one point sweat. in time, yeah. At one point in time, yeah. <laughs> you hold the bars while you're dancing so I, that your feet can move faster. I try not to, but there were some... There were some songs that you pretty much you pretty much have to. Oh my gosh, I would pay to see that. I honestly would. Dude, let's go to the arcade. Okay, I'll, I'll play with you. Okay, I'll find one with DDR Max and that game. I can play DDR Max. I can play DDR Extreme. I can. I oh, can there's play. different variations. Yes. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay, so let's move on. You mm -hmm. had some news. Yeah. It's not your news. No, it's not my it's news. news that happened. And I think the print heads out there need to know about it. If they don't already, uh, there, and this is something we had talked about in the past, because there was a news story like last April about this. Um, and one of the recurring stories that has come up is just the consolidation of 3D printing companies, um, acquisitions, mergers, uh, being bought out by other companies. And the most recent news is that a big player in the metal space, SLM Solutions, uh, was bought out by a company outside of the 3D printing space, uh, Nikon. Nikon. So the same company that builds uh, like all the cameras, they're big in the camera market. Mm. What are you looking at? 
nothing to see if there's oh yeah we're not using nikon cameras in this room is that what you're looking at you didn't have to say that but yeah <clears throat> we definitely are not using nikon cameras oh, in this room wow shots fired i'm just saying nikon, nikon's losing market in the camera business you agree with that they are I agree. yeah because everything's going mirrorless but that's a totally another thing so nikon is present in the manufacturing space though so it's not entirely out of the you good it's not entirely out of nowhere that they would come in and and enter the space like imts was last week they would have had a booth at imts anyway because they build metrology tools and very high-end um, optical systems measuring systems things like that but is that this, how you found out about this no, it was it happened before IMTS. But one of our one of our most dedicated prehands would have to go back into the archives and see if their name was ever thrown in the ring as potential buyers for SLM. Because I think it may have come up on one of the episodes. It may not have. Okay. But like at one point there was a story that uh, Desktop Metal was in talks, maybe casual talks about buying SLM. Do you remember that? I do and that was rumored to be like and supposed to be like an all stock deal for around 700 million dollars and we, that was a topic of discussion and uh throughout the this time period we've talked about some of the bigger companies who buys those companies right like if you're the biggest fish in the pond like who's gonna what do, what do fish do they get they get gobbled up i don't know the biggest fish the biggest fish if they're gonna get Eaten. Maybe another predator. Yeah, another predator. Seals. Seals. That's right. So if you're the biggest fish in the pond, you, it's going to take a seal to come get you, right? And uh, an eagle. An eagle. Can you make a sound for us? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just really like when Tyler makes eagle sounds. <laughs> so anyway. Isn't that the most patriotic sound that you could imagine? Especially when it comes from you. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Anyway. Just so, yeah, <laughs> they they buy SLM uh, for six hundred something million dollars. They're now in the additive space. They're buying a well-respected brand um, that has somewhat struggled in the U.S. Uh, it's a German based company, and I imagine that they're. Their business in Europe is stronger than in the U.S., but they're a big player here in the U.S. And Nikon went on a bit of a buying spree, so that not only did they buy SLM, but within the next couple of days, they also announced that they bought a company called Hybrid Manufacturing Tools. They build a DED head that gets put on like a conventional CNC machine or a robotic arm or something like that. So that's a tool maker. And then they also bought a company called Optisys. And I think most people would see that and just they say, okay, like just like we see so many stories and we think, okay, I don't even know what to think about that. Um, but this one in particular, Optisys is a local company here in Salt Lake and we have a history with them. In fact, I had lunch with one of the executives there like three weeks ago. Oh, did you? <laughs> Whoa. That, I didn't mean to say it that way. I'm just saying it's a local company. And so <laughs> you're so freaking cool. I dude. even wore a tie. 
No, I didn't. I did not wear a tie. I had lunch with an executive. <laughs> I was, dude. So anyway, okay, you're, you're, okay. Let's go back. Let's rewind the tape. Blur that. Blur that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's a local company that is okay. So the guy that this I, is a fun episode. Yeah, I the, hope this is coming I, through. Yeah, the guy that I I hope so too. The guy that um, we know really well has a history here in the Salt Lake Valley producing very high-end metal parts. So at one point, there he was running a service bureau that would print all sorts of metal parts. And it was the first, as far as I'm aware, metal printing service provider here in the Salt Lake Valley. And he established a reputation for building the best parts around. And it was true. Like the parts that he builds are amazing. And I'm sure we've talked about this. The printing plastics versus printing metals is very different. And the way that the tool makers do the machines and software, they're separate. And so a lot of the quality of the part is rooted in the skill and the know-how of the operator. And that's what they brought is just this immense focus on quality. And they carved out a niche. One of their customers had a particular application and they eventually spun out the company and they produce, started producing high frequency antennas as a company. And that's Optisys. And then the service bureau part was sold off. So Optisys is... It's a funny name. Optisys? For, uh, <clears throat> for uh, an antenna. Yeah. It's high frequency antennas, stuff that goes on airplanes and spacecraft. Very okay. high end stuff, all 3D printed and printed to a level of precision that I didn't even know was possible, like internal, very complex structures to very, very, very tight tolerances, even by machining standards. And the, the geometry of the part affects the performance to a significant degree because it's all uh, waveguides and things that honestly, I don't even understand the HF stuff. I don't really understand. Other than I look at the part, I said, that's an amazing part. So Nikon buys them. Now they have a product line to go with the, the tool, you know? So I think it probably builds some resilience in that area. Is there anything that Nikon can bring to SLM? Is this going to be a synergistic effort with the camera equipment? Can can yeah. the metal additive help progress Nikon as a company or vice versa? I suspect so. I suspect that there is room for some of the IP that's within that, that Optisys line of products could probably proliferate into other Nikon uh, tools. And then Nikon has very high quality abilities manufacturing abilities and i'm sure that funnels into the building of the machines you know all 3d printers but metal printers especially are they haven't reached like the highest levels of manufacturing capability in my mind you know like you take companies like nikon or just you take the top car manufacturers, like they're manufacturing on a different scale and in a different level of consistency and reliability and stuff like that. And the 3d printing toolmakers are 
younger. So they just haven't reached that level, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think it'll be complimentary and it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, uh, originally GE had bid on SLM and this is back in like 2016 and that deal fell through. Uh, the main, the, there was a significant stakeholder in SLM that I, the stories, you'd probably get different stories from different people, but the, the thinking is that that kind of held up the deal and GE ended up buying RCAM and Concept Laser instead and then spinning those companies into a GE branded version of the machines. And then they started developing their own machines. And everyone at the time thought, well, GE is going to do amazing things with these companies. And they haven't like, that you don't we know of. How, did you know that GE made machines? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Okay. It's not a well-known thing that GE makes machines. Because they don't sell them. They do sell them. Do they? They do sell them. Oh, yeah. I was under the impression that, that it was just an internal use. Mm, they do sell them. Hmm. So that's the thing is they don't have the same sales presence that you see from 3D Systems or SLM or Velo or EOS or all of these yeah. other laser powder bed fusion uh, companies. You mentioned it, um, the show IMTS. Yeah, IMTS. Can you walk us through? Can you give us a little update? What did you see? I wasn't there. I was oh, in Mexico. Oh, that's in Mexico. I would have been there. Tyler finally took some time for himself. I did. Yeah, Good I finally you, took man. a vacation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's well, nice. I don't want to hear about it. I got scuba <laughs> make certified. Me jealous. Oh, you did? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. In one trip. One trip. Can, it, can you do that here in the States? Not in three days like I did it. Hmm. Okay, so you're you're not even scuba certified here. You couldn't go scuba dive. Oh yeah, I can do it here. I'm just saying you can't do a certification in like three days, mm -hmm. like you could down there. But you're qualified. Yeah, I'm open water certified. <laughs> now. Okay, so I can go, I can dive down to 18 meters. Cool. Right on. Congratulations. Thanks. You seem pretty proud about it. I am. You should be. I took some cool pictures of like uh, turtles and dolphins and stuff. You should share them. Yeah, maybe I will. All right, so we we have but IMTS happen this year it normally happens every two years it's the largest machine tool uh trade show in the world it only happens every two years but 2020 obviously didn't happen for reasons so it had been four <laughs> years reasons. it had been four years since the last show and uh it's always a time where companies like to make big announcements and we saw a, a few um hp announced their s100 metal jet machine which they had originally announced that technology back in the 2018 imts but at that time it was going to be like a partnership with uh gkn and another company and it took about four years for them to announce a product which is not unusual like that's probably how long it should take for these companies to announce products um but it's a it's a binder jetting metal binder jetting technology, so probably similar to what we've seen from like desktop metal X. I saw some of their marketing. Oh, did you? And I need to say this. Okay, I have to. Okay, I'm sick and tired of it, dude. <laughs> yeah. Their marketing totally omits everything to do with centering. Yeah, even I, though the process requires it. Now 
there's some it's almost like the equivalent of fine print in their marketing like it's there yeah so that you know if if anybody calls them out on it they'll be like well it's right here yeah yeah, it's in it's in this one half second scene right here yeah um but to the casual watcher casual casual viewer that's not the message they're they're marketing is sending it's like it's as easy as one two three well you should have heard hp marketing when they first got into the 3d printing space it was way out there it's way out there so i think they've gotten maybe a little bit better but our print heads will know if you have a product that requires sintering and you're not talking about sintering that's a problem right well and our print heads will know why because we've talked so much yeah. about it, why people are wary to even bring yeah. it up. Yeah. Um, so it, people it, are tuned into it. Yeah. At this point. So you know, I think not just print heads. Our, our our belief is that binder jetting will work for some parts, and it will work really well for some parts. But you have to go search for those parts. It's not a broadly applicable technology. Maybe that will change, and maybe it's going to change with HP. But we'll see. Um, they have a suite of machines as part of that sol- as, of that solution, like powder powder handling machines, the printer, et cetera, et cetera. But they don't have a centering oven, so they're gonna be relying on like the existing MIM focused uh, centering ovens. Do you know what the cost? No, I don't. A rough cost of that is? I don't. No. <clears throat> For those of you watching on YouTube, we're gonna get to this. Don't worry. <laughs> That's how we're going to end this episode. Okay, are we? Yeah, but <clears throat> I, I think we're on a good topic here with metal, and that actually leads into, like, the meat and potatoes of what, like, I really came to this episode yeah, wanting yeah, to talk yeah. about. I'm glad we could finally tee that up for you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, we got to have some meat and potatoes to every episode. We can't just talk about... Oh, man, I could go for a you steak. crowing like an eagle. You know what I mean? Um, I almost... <laughs> I'm what? not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. All right, fine. You're such ah! a. <laughs> that was, that was half effort. <laughs> that was a little shy. I don't know why you're being so timid. Ah! It's been a while since we've been. Now it doesn't sound like an eagle. What did that sound like? <laughs> it doesn't sound like an eagle dude, anymore. Dude, I've never even heard an eagle. Oh, dude, I'll get you one. Um, no, that's fake eagle sounds. No, they're real eagles. I've heard them. I have. Well, I went fishing from Herber. <laughs> I went fishing once at this place called Trinity Lake. It's in California. Okay. It's way up in the mountains. Okay. Bald eagles flying everywhere. They're like seagulls up there. And we were fishing with these giant trout baits that are like this long. Whoa. Yeah, we were fishing for big fish. So we're throwing these things and the eagles are watching us throw these. And you just know that they're used to stealing fish from people. Yeah. Because their eyes are locked in on that and they are coming and they're diving. So you're having to like... You're fishing, but at the same time, you're like keeping an eye overhead because if one of these comes and grabs these, you don't want to hook a bald eagle, right? That that sounds like uh, treasonous. It is. That's why you don't want to do it. Yeah. But you still want to catch a fish, right? But tell me you didn't... You're not going to pull off the lake. Tell me you didn't want to fly a bald eagle like a kite. (laughs) No. I think that's the best thing you... (laughs) I can't do this, dude. <laughs> I'm wheezing. <laughs> I'm wheezing. Okay, I'm done. All right. Anyway, let's get into this metal conversation. <laughs> I need to regroup. All right. 
So here's an epiphany that I had just yesterday. Okay. Um, we have a dedicated metal sales rep here at Go Engineer, and his whole job is to sell additive. And you already know, the print heads know, we represent the kind of the bottom end of the spectrum with metal uh, and the top end yeah. of the spectrum <clears throat> with metal. Yeah, we like to say entry level, not bottom level, but... Yeah, my apologies. Continue. Yeah, this is why, that's why they don't pay me to be a <laughs> podcaster. Um, so with that being said, like I, I was talking to him about how a lot of our, our processes go, like with leads, mm -hmm. and it's a disqualification process um, with metal is what I noticed. Wait, real quick. You're talking about leads? Yeah. So if we get a lead from say our inside sales team, who a lot of times they're used to selling other things, they're used to selling SolidWorks, they're used to selling uh, polymer additive. Yeah. 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 Now all of a sudden, you know, a lot of times they're thinking even internally here, you know, we do a good job with training, but it's easy for people to not fully grasp like what metal additive is. Yeah. And that's really what this conversation <clears throat> is about. Okay. Um, we generally disqualify leads like Jeb can probably do it uh, within minutes. Jeb, you're gonna have to bleep that out. <laughs> Will you please? I'll blur it. Okay. Blur so, that. so our sales Jeb, <laughs> our metal sales Jeb, he will. Yeah. Will you blur? <laughs> Good night. Um, anyway. He, he can usually disqualify someone within minutes, you know, just with an open conversation with, hey, what did it, what's your application? What are you looking for? Yeah. What, what can this process do for you all? How can it help you achieve your goals? You're trying to get to know as quick as possible. Right. Yeah. Which is the total opposite of polymer additive, right? Like, is it? For me, I feel like it is because with polymer, so many times as an AE, you would go into a place and you'd be like, man, I see all these applications. I need you guys to understand how real these applications are. Like we can tackle this with additive. Yeah. And so it's like, you're already qualified. We just need to convince you that you're qualified and help you discover the reasons why. Yeah. With metal, it's like people think they're qualified. Oh, you know, I have five CNCs. Like I want metal additive. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. <clears throat> They think they're qualified and we have to come in and let them know how they're not. Yeah, I can see that. I think we're still trying to get to know. It's just there are very there are many short paths to know when it comes to metal. And on the plastic side, there's still paths to know, but they're longer. Does that make sense? Yes, like, I suppose. The whole idea is that you're trying not to waste the time of both parties. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you don't want to overpromise anything and you don't want to lead people on, you know, like you ask someone out, you want them to just tell you, no, like, I don't like you. Yeah. That's what you should say. You, instead of saying like, oh yeah, I'll text you later. And never text you back. Exactly. I'm going to take you out to a nice steak dinner and never call you back. Exactly. So, you know, you want people to, if they're going to be making bird calls on dates, make a bird call before the date so you can get to know as quick as possible. How weird this guy is. I get exactly. it. Yeah. Exactly. So it's a time thing, right? Like we're not trying to disqualify people because we're saying we don't 
think you're qualified. It's just that the metal process, uh, the sales process, I imagine, can go years, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I can. So you don't <laughs> want to like operate for years under any false pre yeah. pretenses. And just the reality of metal printing is that it is a lot more work than plastic printing. And so you're going to be able to disqualify many, many more people simply because they're not going to be interested in doing what it takes to print and process the metal parts. So if you can figure out that quicker, great. And you typically do. Whereas people, and there's, so there's this mismatch of expectations. People actually don't understand that printing a metal part only gets you so far and that there's all this post-processing involved, no matter what technology. People have a better understanding of the plastic uh, process. And so you're not instantly disqualifying people. Whereas with metal printing, so often it's like, yeah, metal printing is a lot of like 3D scanning. Like people come in with 3D scanning thinking, oh, can you scan this part and then print mm. it? And they're like, they don't realize like all of the extra labor that's going to go into getting a usable part. Yeah. Even yeah, in yeah, CAD. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That totally makes sense. I think the other thing is price too, right? Like we're not yeah. going to disqualify anyone if it's if it's a low cost tool right and you want it right and you tell us look i just want this i have a couple applications they're decent you can suss that out and be like all right it's your choice go for it but mm -hmm. but at the expense that you know say you're talking millions of dollars um for a high-end metal system yeah uh whether it's velo or someone else mm -hmm. when you're talking <laughs> millions of dollars like Heads have to roll if that expenditure does not work out. Like, yeah, there's a lot more at risk. It's not just like, hey, we had some extra capital this year. We want a new toy. Yeah. Um, at that level, there's a lot at risk for everyone that's involved, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, imagine you, if you're putting your name behind something, you're exposing yourself to risk. Like, just think of it like recommending a movie. Like if you're going to recommend a movie, <laughs> you know, you're always evaluating like, what's the risk? Am I going to recommend this or am I not? Because if they don't like it, what's the consequence? Same thing, except now it's a multi-million dollar machine tool and the consequences could be significantly higher. Kind of depends on the process and the culture, whatever. But yeah, you really have to be certain of the use case and that the ROI in most cases is going to be there. And so that alone, you're, if your tolerance for risk is lower and the consequences are higher, like you'll disqualify more people just on that alone. Right? Yeah. So metal printing's tough. Like we're still in its infancy for sure. I agree. I think, I mean, one of the other <laughs> things that I have kind of noted here too is, is as we disqualify, or go down that road, a lot of times it's like, are the, the question is really like, are you doing something that can't be done any other way? Yeah. Um, and if it can be done this way, is there a lower priced machine that can do the exact same thing? Will this provide your needs? Or will this machine really provide benefits that yeah. are worthwhile? And I was thinking like, why isn't this like, why isn't this, why isn't that more common? For us to have more people that are dreaming up things that can't be made. Mm -hmm. And like, 
if you remember engineering school, you're being taught as a pup to like only design manufacturable things. Sure. Think within the constraints of what you work with. Sure. What tools do you have at your disposal? And I think we're trained to just think 2D, 2.5D, and I honestly don't think most people think or design mentally in 3D. I think most people are thinking of everything in 2 and 2.5D tops. Yeah. Um, Maybe there's, definitely there are people out there that are super talented, but I just think it, it would be cool and maybe this is our future, you know, Maybe this is the next generation or or the generation after that that thinks in such a way that there are more uses for additive and metal additive specifically because they're actually dreaming up solutions to real problems yeah. that can't currently be manufactured, but that's not their concern. Yeah. They they have an abstract <clears throat> problem solved. I think you'll see generational jumps in adoption for sure. And I know that many engineering departments around the U.S. are now teaching additive, um, at least on some level. Typically, you don't go a lot into manufacturing processes. Um, you just get a cursory glance at those. But additive is being is is part of that now. And so you're saying it's at your first job where you really realize like, oh, yeah, that design was dumb because we can't actually make that. Yeah. You think most engineers are figuring it out on the fly? I did. I did. You know, it it, a few embarrassing (laughs) conversations with the the machinists over in the in the shop. Yeah. You start to learn. So there will be generation generational jumps in the adoption for sure. So you used to think with an open mind and years of abuse beat <laughs> yeah. you down. No, for real. I mean, it's very hard to get someone who's been designing parts for 40 years to st- start thinking about designing parts a different way. Yeah. It's just reality. It's part of the reason why our uh, armed services were late to the AM game. AM game. Yeah. They, they trailed industry by at least 10 years. Um, and it just had to do with leadership and the, the, the people within the organization and just the rules and the rigidity of the organization. They were, they were definitely late. They were 10 years late easily, but now they're going. Yeah. Air force especially is all about additive for sure. Which is awesome to see, you know? Yeah. And it's good to know that we're in good hands. Yeah, for sure. Tell us about this guy. We don't have a ton of time left. Yeah, we probably don't. I want to talk about this. This is one of the coolest designs. So this is, (laughs) if if the print heads know, they remember the upside down beach. Or the, oh, yeah. or the floating beach. The floating island yeah. that you made that you made fun of me. Sand doesn't float, but Tyler designed this uh, old trophy. But this yeah. one, this I have to say. It's a pretty cool trophy. Is this going to be your swan song? Uh, I don't know. You're going to keep doing this every year? I don't know. It's so cool. It this, is cool. Tell huh? us about it. Well, it's based on this uh, phenomenon called tensegrity. So it's like tension... And integrity, it's the tension of these cables that gives it strength, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And um, it was an important award. I'm not going to go into the history of this, but it's, uh, it's uh, let's just say the design of it and the structure of it is very emblematic of, it's very themed, yeah. you know. But well, it just people breaks. People can infer. I mean. Yeah. It just breaks your brain when you look at it. <laughs> you know, like I had not seen anything like this in person. And I didn't know if this was design was going to work. It's printed out of ABS CF10. So that CF10 material has show the bottom off. Oh, I like I like your tension your tensioners too. I think that's so cool. So integrated hardware for those of yeah. you that can't see this. Um, this trophy is a tensegrity trophy. Yeah, and it's got tensioners on the bottom that are super mechanical and has integrated hardware. So I I, yeah. I always love to see it's cool like real hardware. You have to. You have to have a way to tension this, otherwise it wouldn't work. Especially if I wasn't sure if these chains would stretch or anything like that. And then you got your nice epoxy going on there. You yeah, the really resin show off. The resin with uh, gold mica. How neat is that? It is cool. Resin is such a mess, but it's so fun. It looks great. I'm a big fan. And we're gonna get a crack. Oh yeah. We're gonna get a crack. So this was printed on the F three seventy ABS CF ten. Um, this was a full award, except one part's missing because one of these went missing like a couple days before they were due. I kind of think someone grabbed it and like broke it, broke and it, and then threw it away. Yeah, but because you, this is this is a very curious uh, show. Get get a good angle on the camera so people can see how thin that is. Yeah, there we go, right there. <laughs> The quality on that is incredible. Yeah, it looks amazing. So let's crack this baby. Get it up. Get it up close no, to the mic. You can't there. do it too close. Come on. Oh, you don't want. Oh, that's nice. Dude, our cracks per minute. Oh yeah. <laughs> you gotta love it. <laughs> the people who listen to this only. I know. Oh man, look at that. Beautiful. So a lot of people, actually, while we've got this going, a lot of people will ask about soluble support. Yeah. And since we're here and you're cracking these off right now, our general practice is not to throw this type of stuff in the tank. Yeah. Right? Like, it's it's faster to just pull this stuff off by hand or use a chisel right. to chip it off. There's a couple reasons for that. One, you don't want any water to saturate this if you can avoid it. Um, it's not going to damage the part if you don't do it for forever. But the other reason is like you can start working with these immediately after right. the support removal. Like if you're pouring an epoxy into this, you can do that without any dry time. Yeah. And especially these dark parts, um, they'll take on water. All of them take on the water. And then that water has like a a white tint oh, to it because yeah. it's this it's this dissolved and then it will leak out of the parts for quite a while and you'll see streaks and stuff in the darker parts it looks like a hard water stain yeah like on a black car yeah exactly so but these these are easy enough like this here you just pop a screwdriver in there and pop it right out mm -hmm. so yeah that's it very that's, very cool that's the uh this year's backbone award and what's this? Why'd you bring this? <laughs> I brought that because we we got Velo 3D coming in 
to the office next week and they're going to bring a ton of parts. And this was the one part that I had lying around that is pretty wild. You know, like this is printed free floating in the powder. So we've talked about how metal printing works, powder or better fusion. And typically you'd have to laser something to the Okay, we're recording again. And we're back. Tate. <laughs> Dude, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm the king of losing recordings. Uh, you are. You. Let's not talk about it. Let's just move on. Let's move past it. <laughs> okay. Let's move past it. Okay. Talk me through why this stupid thing is going to sell a printer. Well... You know, I don't know if it's going to sell a printer, but it gets people thinking because one, you're never going to see what it's the machine is very unique in its ability to print free floating. OK, so that one, like if you had to adhere this to the build plate, you're not going to get this part Two, the just the sheer complexity of it. Think I mean, think about the geometric complexity of it. So if it can do this, what else can it do? Right. Mm -hmm. And it just gets people touching it. And so as soon as you're touching it, you're like, okay, for as long as they're touching it, they're going to be thinking about it. And then you, you dive in and you start talking about it. So that's, that's, that's it. This is a trade show piece that when it's someone's a trade show piece. by, yeah. this will get them engaged for 30 seconds long enough for you to yeah, give your pitch. Exactly. And then, you know, if a nerd wins the Powerball, they might buy a machine. Oh my God. <laughs> to print their chain mail for the Ren Fair. They might. In <laughs> high school. For the Ren Fair. There yeah. was one by my house. Dude, yeah. It's I coming thought about up. joining in. It's coming up in my town soon. Oh, yeah? Go you going to go? I'm going to go to it, yeah. I had friends that spent tens and tens of hours building chain mail, vests and stuff like that. Think of all the time they and money they could have saved if, if they, they just ever had win a high-end metal printer. Well, they got to win the Powerball, like n the high, high Powerball, and then they could do it. And they also have to be willing to learn how to use the dang thing. Nah, you just pay someone to learn it. Hmm. Okay. Imagine being like, imagine being like the guy that runs the printer for the eccentric billionaire, just like. <laughs> $40,000 trinkets. I'd like another suit yes. of armor, please. Print me a suit. And you're like, uh, just do it. Why did you start speaking in that accent when you got rich? <laughs> People's accents change when they get rich. <laughs> well, I, I think this was a good episode. I I don't think we we managed to sell a system with that chain mill. No, and but maybe next week. There's probably going to be people from Velo that hate me for saying it, but it's not just Velo. Like my my beef is just with parts that like it's cool. Oh, yeah. to, it's cool to have in your hand. Um I Stratasys did the same thing with the H350. They printed like this, I think it was a few meters long. Um but they were able to kind of snake it in the yeah. build volume. And then and they get to call it 4D. My gosh. Do they really? Yo, yeah. Because it changes shape out of the build. It's so dumb. I'm sorry. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just come out and say that. I'm going to be a negative Nancy. But I just think this stuff, like that kind of thing, yeah. doesn't... Like I like the real application. Like this, this trophy to me is more of a true application or an indication of what this technology is capable of. Well, that thing's the pinnacle Oh, of printing. Yeah, so definitely. That, 
This it's is not the... why you should buy a printer. <laughs> Trophy makers worldwide, there you go. Yeah. You make some pretty cool stuff. Which, actually, being totally honest, like, the hours you put into this, like, you could probably legitimately make trophies like this and yeah. sell them. Yeah, you could. And pay for the machine. You yeah, you could. You couldn't print chainmail <clears throat> and pay for your machine in, in any short amount of time. Yeah, that's true. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that is Simple true. enough. Any words of wisdom for our print heads before we leave them? Hmm. Any one last one last eagle sound? No. Three <laughs> eagle sounds in one yeah, recording is many. way too much. Yeah, one was probably too much, but whatever. They got it. I know. Got it. I kept thinking I could do it better, but I couldn't. No, it got worse with time. <laughs> but thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, we don't have anything else to say. We're glad that you watched, and we'll be back soon. Hopefully, and, and listened. Don't forget about the listeners. Is that all? Is ooh, yeah. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Tell your friends, and uh, we'll see you next time. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That one's pretty